Hey there, I'm Lee Rowley, and this is Lee After Dark. Why? Because there's more to being a business leader than just business. Each week, one brave entrepreneur ejects the elevator pitch and tells us about, well, whatever they want to talk about. Today, I have with me Isabel, do we, should we say Isabel Firecracker, is that correct? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> you know it's going to be a good episode. We've got it. Isabel Firecracker. We're already set. Right. So, <laughs> so, I, so this is a very special guest today. Isabel, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you. Now, the rules are simple. For the next 20 minutes, we can discuss anything you want except your business. Okay. If you're successful, you'll have five minutes afterward to pitch your full head off, as we say. But for each time you slip up and talk about your business during the first 20 minutes, you lose a minute of pitch time at the end. So, you know, it's kind of a contest sort of thing, right? Uh, any questions? Nope. Ready? Ready. Awesome. Okay, well, let's just go ahead and start the timer here and go. Who are you and what are we getting into for the next 20 minutes? Well, my name is Isabel. As you know, I am Colombian. Okay. I am a travel junkie. I, I love kite surfing. I love dogs. I am addicted to chocolate. And I have been, uh, you know, on this path of self-discovery lately as well. So I guess I'm an introvert in many ways, um, you know, especially when you start thinking about yourself and what it is that you want with your life and, you know, just going through all these changes. And, and um, I think mostly introvert people are into that. I don't know. Am I right? Do you think that? I, I think so. Um, you know, it, it, in my big experience, a lot of people who have considered themselves introvert, uh, you know, do come like that, that strong need for connection, and it's just, it's just got to be a little different. You know, uh, it, it's you know, for me, I know I, I can identify with that, and it's just kind of going to be on my terms. Um, and so, where do you remember really first thinking about that? That that is uh, thinking of it as a journey, as a self discovery process. Ooh, was there uh, was there a defining event or is it just kind of a gradual uh, not really i just remember when i started i was like i need help you know you know when you're in that moment in your life when you're like nothing is making sense like why why aren't my thoughts aligned with what everyone else around me wants me to think mm -hmm. or do and and i was like okay i need, I need help and i seek help and then when i was um, you know, in that process, I was like, okay, this is going to take a long time. Um, because you start, you know, getting into all this dirt and just like digging and digging. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point after a few years, I realized, well, this is something that I'm going to keep on doing the rest of my life, I guess. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And I think a life spent learning is a life well spent personally. Yeah, absolutely. I completely yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you, you, you mentioned that you were a Colombian. Were you, you born in Colombia then? And, I was born and raised born? in Colombia. Okay, okay. And, and where do you live now? Colombia. You still live in Okay. Okay. Very good. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about the, the culture you grew up in because, you know, I know for uh, we've got mostly an audience in the United States and the UK. So uh, what was life growing up uh, in, in a Colombian family? Well, Colombia is a very conservative country, like many okay. other Latin countries. You know, we have our our societal rules and roots in uh, 
Catholicism mainly because we, we used to be a Spanish colony many, many years ago. Um, so we have very traditional values, I would say. Um, it was nice. When, well, I mean, when I was growing up, there was this, it was nice because I, I grew up in a, I had a, you know, a pretty happy childhood and my parents, you know, they, I, I just, I, nothing was lacking at home. And, but at the same time, back in the eighties and nineties, uh, in Cali specifically, which is, you know, where this, the city that I'm from, okay. we were having the cartel wars, the drug cartel. Uh, right. I, have you watched, uh, Narcos on Netflix? I have. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I have. Uh, I've also seen, uh, watched several uh, documentaries on Pablo Escobar, and and it, it's uh, all the the things that actually happened then. That obviously yeah. I was I was uh, you know a teenager growing up in the '80s, so I didn't really understand that much about it, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was a kid. I was born in the in the '80s, and. All through the 80s and the beginning of the 90s, it was just really, I would say up until the end of the 90s, actually. It was just really unsafe. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know if you were going to be in the mall and, they, and then this card was going to explode or maybe you were going to be in like in crossfire between, you know, two different cartels, uh, you know, fighting for territory or whatever it is. Uh, so it was, it was a little bit scary in terms of like in general, just atmosphere and Colombia was like, vetted for all tourists to come here right but i think they they told americans at the time don't go to colombia you're gonna get killed for sure okay um but at the same time i had a pretty normal childhood in the sense that i would you know play with my friends uh hide and seek and and tag and i went to school and you know i, I got to travel with my parents and I mean, food here as well. Don't even get me started about the fresh fruit and everything just tastes so different. Um, so, you know, it was a good life. It still is. I mean, the quality of life in Colombia is, is very good. Uh, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, you know, I can see the, the gratitude and joy in your face, even as you're telling me about this backdrop of, of kind of ever-present danger that that was just a part of ordinary everyday life yeah right absolutely so tell me about where your journey's taking you i mean what's uh what is your life about what is it that makes you tick um there are many things that make me tick okay uh, but before i get into that because i know this I, something i can't talk about right now <laughs> oh okay i will get into one of the latest hobbies that i started doing because i mean i i haven't been much of uh like sticking to a hobby like taking a hobby and sticking to it you know like maybe mm-hmm. kite surfing uh because i really like it but recently i was like you know when you're a kid and you start drawing and you do like pink tree and you draw like a blue dog and then the sun's green or purple and then your mom's like oh that's sure. so nice nobody ever you know questions what you're doing in terms of you know artistic expression and whatnot and then at some point you start drawing inside lines and they're telling you you know the sun is yellow and the mm. whole thing and i just remembered how, how much fun i had as a kid you know making art and just being creative uh, not thinking about what the rules are of colors and shapes and 
So I started doing that. I started doing art again. And uh, that actually makes me really, really happy. I can spend hours on end and I'm not a good painter <laughs> at all. I, I don't even have like, you know, uh, I haven't even taken classes. Anything is just, you know, a way to express and, and it's really cool. Well, you've gotten something out of it though that I think that uh, many people who have spent their, <laughs> excuse me, their lives studying painting would never get it, and that's joy uh, yeah. out of it. Um, uh, not that I know find I know people who find immense joy in technical details and being able to uh, to recreate a sort of photorealism uh, or to create a different style in in a very specific and talented way. But most of the people who aspire to that don't really get any joy out of it because always there's this expectation that you can never really hit. And so what you've said is just so profound and it's like, okay, you're, you're finding joy in saying, you know what, this is what's inside me and it doesn't really matter if it matches uh, you know, society's rules, the, the prescription for the sun has to be yellow and the trees have to be green and the rose has to be red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> was, what was that process like getting back to that? Was it just something you said to heck with it one day or was it, was, was it a, a gradual process of, of training yourself to do that? I just, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that I just kept thinking but I, I kept pushing to the back of my mind so every time I thought about it I was mm. like I don't have the time I don't have the and then one day I was like you know what fuck it and I just went out and bought all these art supplies and I just started you know you know going at it and I, so far um, I'm very proud of everything that I've done <laughs> not because it's technically perfect but because it makes me feel happy absolutely that makes perfect sense and, and for, for people listening, that's something I absolutely advocate doing. It's, it's just being able to have the courage to, to say two words. And those two words are, why not? Exactly. Why not? What is it, what is it going to kill you if, if you try a hobby? It doesn't work out perfectly the first time. And, but you've enjoyed yourself. One thing that you brought up was just, I, I, I don't remember the exact word you used, but you talked about essentially losing yourself in what you're doing and, and losing track of time. Yeah. Um, and, and that is, um, to me, what happiness is. You know, it, it's those times when you forget about all of the things that you're supposed to be doing that you're not doing, and you are just able to be in one place doing something that really fills your soul and that's that's so cool um, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and and i know a lot of us spend years and decades telling ourselves that we're not allowed to do that and they never really ask themselves why why can't i that is true yeah, yeah. absolutely so that's awesome and you know you know how people uh often you hear people say that meditating is really hard Mm -hmm. Like sitting there and just closing your eyes and like, you know, putting your mind in like a blank and it is hard. You have to train for that. But when you're doing something like this, like a hobby that you really enjoy and you're like deep into it, you get in the zone and, and it's actually a way of meditating. Exactly. So, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yes. 
Yes. I, I, I see so many people who are like, I need to meditate. Dag on it. I'm going to get serenity now. You know, <laughs> and it, it's, I've been there for years, uh, you know, trying that. Um, I, I was, uh, I, I grew up in martial arts uh, and meditation was a big part of Taekwondo, which is a Korean form of, of martial art. And so we would do these four and six and eight hour meditations uh, as part of, uh, you know, getting the first degree black belt and getting the second degree black belt and so on. Uh, and, you know, I never got anything out of that. And I think that the biggest reason I didn't get anything out of it wasn't that it was a just sit and, and try not to think, but that I was doing it to try to achieve a goal. Yeah. Right. Uh, to me, if you would, you, and I don't know how you feel about this, but to me, if, if you meditate to try to achieve a goal, it's just going to frustrate you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so where you, where you're coming from is doing something you love, you love and letting that be the meditation and not yep. worrying about all the prescriptive things. And we've got to have your back just like this. And I've got to have your legs crossed perfectly like this. And, you know, I love it. Exactly. You're empowering and freeing people. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, okay. So what's next? Uh, you've, you, you mentioned travel. So oh, I'm sure you've got some experiences and stories to share from that. Yeah. Maybe? So, yeah. Uh, okay. My bucket list has, uh, I want to have, well, this is not going to be like a literal stamp, but I want to go to every single country in the world before I die. Um, and I'm, I'm already up to almost 30, more or less. Up until <laughs> Just, I mean, not that bad. Okay. I still have like 120 to go, but <laughs> get there. Hey. You <laughs> but, do whatever um, these days. Yeah. But I try to go at least to um, three new countries every year. At least. Three new countries a year. That's... That's great and ambitious. And uh, yeah. I'm assuming you're talking about spending a little bit of time there as opposed to the, 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 the cruise hop off where you're there for three hours and, you know. Yeah, God, yeah. no, I, I spend <laughs> at least a week in every country at least. And, you know, my, I'm actually working now to become a digital nomad because I want to spend more time in these countries. Nice. So, um, yeah, so the last, the last country I visited, the last two countries I visited were um, new countries, were Poland and, and Germany. And in Poland, I actually went to Auschwitz. Um, I was with oh. a friend. And we are like history junkies, but specifically, you know, the period of World War II it just really appeals to us for some reason. And I don't have Jewish background or family that I know of. Sure. Um, but I was very attracted, you know, I just wanted to, to go to this place and see, um, see it, you know, firsthand by myself. And, and it was a really good experience. I mean, it was good. It was interesting. Um, it wasn't as gloomy as I thought it was going to be, but I think I can blame the sun for that. It was a very sunny day and it was okay. a little bit crazy. So in the outside, it was very calm. People like speak very quietly there or they don't everyone's just you know very respectful of the place okay but whenever you went into one of the barracks that's when you saw the horrors um 
And what scares me a little bit, because I, I went there and I was like, this is very interesting, you know, from the history point of view and whatnot. But what scares me a little bit is that I feel that maybe the world is going towards that again. You know what I mean? Like we haven't learned from history. It's, it's like, it just breaks my heart. It does. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I know that you're not alone in that fear. Uh, I've heard that the, the over and over again. Um, and all I can really say about that is that you can't assume it can't happen again. Yeah, you know, exactly. we can't assume that we've evolved enough as human beings that we can't re repeat atrocities uh, that we didn't bother to learn anything from. Yeah. So that's, that's absolutely amazing. And I'm sure that that was a, a, a very profound experience for you. Uh, I've not been to Poland yet, uh, nor have I been to the parking lot under which Adolf Hitler was supposedly buried. Uh, but uh, we're going to get it. I have a friend who went to Germany and, and she says like, yes, he's, he's actually, you know, there's a parking garage over where he's buried because nobody wants to commemorate him and, you know, acknowledge that, that he was there. So, uh, you know, that, that's pretty interesting too. What are, what are some of your other most memorable, <laughs> excuse me, travel experiences? Well, um, I also like traveling to practice kite surfing. So last year I was in Morocco, for example, um, and I was in a kite surfing camp that is only for women. Kite surfing, okay. And there were um, six of us, I believe. Um, we were all from different nationalities, most of us. Um, and, you know, it's, it's spending time. I thought I was going to be one of the oldest ones, by the way, because I'm in my mid-30s. But I was not. I was actually one of the youngest ones in the camp. There was oh. a 65-year-old woman there, kite surfing. Oh. Yeah, there you go. That was awesome. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so we were kite surfing ne like next to the desert. We could see camels like walk by, and we were like kite surfing in the oh. ocean. It was a great experience. It was just amazing. That is fantastic. Is I have to ask you, is kite, is kite surfing as difficult as it looks? Um. Not really, no. Okay. I mean, you don't have to be particularly strong, to be honest, okay. because height does all the work for you. Okay. Um, I guess you would have to be, you just have to be very, like, have good balance, I would say. Balance is more important. After, okay. I don't know, it took me about 15 to 16 hours to, like, stand up by myself on the board. Um, and then after that, it's just okay. practice. Anything else is just practice and practice, and it's like riding a bike. Actually, when you stop kite surfing for a while and then you get back into it, it's like you've never actually stopped. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That it it looks difficult, but it's something that I've always been like, yeah, okay, I could give that. I could give that a try. I think the, the closest I've ever come up was was stand up paddle boarding, which is without the kite. Basically, it's just like you know, here, stand on this surfboard, and you get a big boy. You know, I hit a boat. You know, I, I did. The guy just kind of looked at me like, you dummy, you ran into my boat, you know. So and I was in there. I got it. I got it. I got it. You know, so I, it's, yeah, I, I can imagine that kite surfing, there's a learning curve, but uh, getting the hang of it and being able to see those things that most of us never get to see, that's got to be absolutely fantastic. Oh, it's, the feeling is amazing. That's another way of meditating for me. <laughs> I feel Travel is meditation or, no, or, or kite surfing? Kite surfing. Okay. 
Because you're by yourself. I mean, you're not talking to anyone else. You cross kite servers in the water, but you're not really having any conversation with them. Just thinking okay. about where you're going, that you don't want to crash against this other kite surfer, and how you're going to take this, this wave. Are you going to jump or not? What the wind's coming from? So everything you're doing is just being in the moment and just managing your kite. Exactly where you need to be. Exactly. And then now. <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, uh, any other travel places that you would uh, recommend or activities that you would recommend? Because I know you visited a lot of places and you're going to get them all in. Oh, uh, well, I really enjoyed Argentina last year. I highly recommend it. Uh, the food is amazing and it's not very expensive because unfortunately Argentina is going through a really tough time, like mm. economically. So um, that was really nice. I was there last year and we went to visit the Iguazu Falls, which are in the border between Paraguay, Argentina, and Brazil. That's beautiful. beautiful. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah beautiful. That's, that, that's, that's amazing. You know, something that I've only seen in pictures and, uh, I can't wait to see it for myself one of these days in, in person. Um, uh, we've, we've done uh, zip lining in Belize. Uh, that's probably the, the, I think that's the furthest that we've gotten south. But uh, uh, that was great, except for the mosquitoes. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was told there were, there were insects that were roughly the size of bread loaves. So we don't, <laughs> you know. All right, so we have officially completed the Lee After Dark Challenge. Isn't that great? Okay. So how do you feel? I feel great. Awesome. Okay, well, hey, you've earned up to five minutes to pitch your full head off, as we say. <laughs> so tell us about what you do and what you've got for us today. Sure. Well, I'm child-free, which means I have decided voluntarily – to not ever have children of my own. It doesn't mean I hate children, by the way. I love I love children. I just don't want to become a mother. Sure, sure. And I'm a life coach. And I have this business called The Uprising Spark, which is a digital platform. It's a project that I use to help child-free women like myself okay. define and reach their life goals, as well as strengthen their self-love and self-esteem yeah, on the way. Um, what else? I have a podcast called The Honest Uproar, in which we discuss uh, subjects that are relevant to the childbirth community. Um, and I also, I'm also part of a collaboration project. It's a vlog, a video log on YouTube called Child Free Girls with other two child free women who are amazing. And they also have their own uh, businesses uh, on the side also uh, geared toward, towards child-free women. And we have this sort of type of uh, roundtable discussion in which we talk about several subjects also related to child-freeness. Um, the last guest we had on our show is someone who is an antenatalist and an ethicist. So it's very interesting to talk to them. And, you know, it was very interesting to talk to her specifically and ask her all these questions. So highly recommend you check us out. Awesome. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to let our audience know? Final words? Um, you know, just if something terrifies you and excites you at the same time, just go for it. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> you've, that's an, you've lived that example. So, 
you know, I, I love that you're not just telling people to do this, but you're actually out there doing it. And that, that, that makes a huge difference. And that's one of the reasons I was so excited to have you uh, on the show. So uh, definitely make sure you uh, check out Isabel Firecracker. I love that. Uh, and we'll put, uh, we'll put all the links in the show notes and everything uh, for you too. And I'll verify those with, with you uh, before that goes live. So we are uh, out of time then. And if you found Lee After Dark more entertaining and relevant than most of the drag out there, give our hosts over at ipmnation.com some love or subscribe on uh, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, and wherever the heck else we decide to put this show. This is Lee Rowley with my new friend Isabel. Until next time, be present and be well. <laughs>